You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Pac-12 has been the butt of jokes throughout college football for several years. Conference hasn't been represented in the college football playoffs since 2016. Members have left, including UCLA and USC. And the future of the conference is still very much in question as the Big 12 reportedly eyes a few more schools in that conference footprint. And yet, the conference might be ready to have one of its better years yet on the college football field. Hello, I'm Brendan Marcello. You're listening to the College Football Daily. It's Friday, March 17th. The Pac-12 might be the most loaded quarterback conference in all the land going into next season. But before we get to that, We've got spring practices, quite a few new faces, and a lot of really interesting battles going on and big questions for some playoff contenders. These are my burning questions this spring in the Pac-12. Number one, can USC finally improve defensively? It's regressed the last several years there and really kind of took a step back, I believe, last season in the first year of the Lincoln-Riley era. Defensive coordinator Alex Grinch came in there with his system, which is all about kind of spreading the field and having your defender defenders have to play in coverage and also make up a lot of space. It's a, it's a trend that kind of puts offenses in a position of false confidence, and it leads to a lot of turnovers. The problem is, is that it leads to a lot of points scored against USC this past season. USC was number one nationally in turnover margin, having a plus 21 turnover margin, by far the best in the country by a wide margin. And that's fantastic. But the other numbers were just absolutely dreadful. 80th in rush defense, 93rd in scoring defense, 106th total defense, 111th in allowing 2.8 points every drive. 112th in pass D and 117th in yards per rush at 4.98 yards. Dreadful numbers. Can they improve that? We'll start to see this spring and spring practices. The pass rush must improve. As my colleague Chris Hummer wrote at 247sports.com, way too many missed tackles by this defense, but particular those linebackers. Shane Lee and Eric Gentry missed a combined 32 tackles last season. Go beyond that, though, and look at the numbers across that defense. Just in that Pac-12 championship game lost to Utah, where they were humiliated in Las Vegas, they had 24 missed tackles as a team. That was nothing new against Utah, which has emerged as the Pac-12 top dog with these back-to-back appearances in the Pac-12 championship and victories. They have missed a combined 42 tackles in two games this past season against Utah. And in that loss to Tulane in the, in the Cotton Bowl, where USC blew a 15-point lead, they had 13 missed tackles. So discipline, an issue there. Finishing plays, an issue for USC. Technique, 
fundamentals. Those are things that need to be polished and improve upon this spring. So what does USC do to kind of fix that? Well, they're replacing some guys because they're losing some guys. In fact, USC, for all of the issues it had missing tackles and allowing a lot of points last year, was actually not bad in getting to the quarterback. They had 2.86 sacks per game to rank 20th. But here's the problem once again. Their top three sack leaders are gone. They averaged a combined 1.7 sacks per game. So what's left? 1.1 sacks per game right now. So they went in the transfer portal and, of course, on the recruiting trail for high school ranks to get some pass rushers. They had three defensive linemen and two linebackers from the transfer portal. Keep your eyes on these players in the spring. Texas A&M four-star Anthony Lucas, a pass rusher who joined them in January. And then also Purdue four-star Jack Sullivan. And then look at the linebacker spot. A very underrated player in my eyes. I got to watch him in person the past season. Four-star linebacker Mason Cobb who transfers in from Oklahoma State. I think he provides a steady hand there. But also, you need some other guys to step up who are already on campus and have been on campus. Even in the secondary, sophomore cornerback Damani Jackson had some injuries last year and could be a big addition if he can stay healthy. Safety, Zeon Branch, same thing. This is a former top 50 prospect. He had a major knee injury last season. USC has talent. We know that offensively. They're going to score points in bunches. They might have the best offense again in the country, but that defense has got to improve. And goodness gracious, if they just improve to a average defense, USC should be a college football playoff participant and maybe the favorite to win the national championship. Moving along, my number two burning question in the Pac-12 this spring. Does DJ Uyunglele elevate Oregon State to that perennial level in the Pac-12 as a contender. Oregon State has been great here in the last couple of years in getting to like that 7-8-9 win area and contending and having some upsets. But if they want to compete for a Pac-12 championship, which is so difficult to do, especially at a school like Oregon State, they need elite play at quarterback. DJ Uyongale, despite all of the criticism and critiques we've heard for, about him over the last couple of years improved drastically last season at Clemson. He was seen as the future at Clemson just two years ago. You guys remember that game when he debuted in place of Trevor Lawrence in 2020. Fantastic performance. Then 2021, he regressed and, and by all means regressed beyond what anybody of any of us believed. He threw more interceptions than touchdowns. He failed to hit double digits in touchdown passes. But this past year at Clemson, I argue that he was the best thing going on that offense. The receivers were struggling to get open. The receivers were dropping passes. And yet DJ Uyangole was throwing them open and being a big-time gamer. I look at that Wake Forest game this past season where he threw guys open and I thought had one of the better games of his career. I'd stack it right up there against that Notre Dame game in 2020. He improved. His completion percentage jumped seven points. He threw 22 touchdowns against only seven interceptions. He goes into an Oregon State spot where, yes, there's a quarterback battle against the incumbent starter, Ben Bulbertson. But to me, he's the favorite and the de facto leader and starter going into this season. He's got some weapons around him, and Oregon State returns some good talent, and they've got a great head coach. But will DJU take that next step? Can he make Oregon State more than an eight or nine win team? Can they win 11 games? Can they be the Washington of 2022 
going into 2023. Washington had a huge jump last season, became a Pac-12 contender, and just missed out on the Pac-12 championship. Look out for Oregon State if DJU can put it all together and they open up that offense a little bit more. Because previously, they have not asked a lot of the quarterback. They should ask more of DJU. More of my burning questions this spring in the Pac-12 after these messages. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My third burning question in the Pac-12, is the future now for UCLA at quarterback? Wide open quarterback battle there in Los Angeles. Dorian Thomas Robinson is gone, of course. And now it's really a two-man battle in my eyes between Kent State transfer Colin Schley and five-star Dante Moore, who UCLA just absolutely stole in the middle of the night from Oregon, a former Oregon commit. One of the top signees in UCLA history is on campus and ready to participate in spring practices. So you got a five-star quarterback who's the third best quarterback in the nation in this last recruiting class against a veteran transfer from Kent State, who, by the way, is a fantastic dual-threat quarterback. Colin rushed for about 40 yards, it seemed like, in every game. You can count on him to have one big run in every game. But passing-wise, not all that special, though he was consistent. 13 touchdowns against only five interceptions. Nothing that's going to drop your jaw. But Dante Moore, yes, he is the future for UCLA football. And when you think of Chip Kelly offenses, you think of a quarterback like Dante Moore. But is he ready to play right away? Based off of our experts at 24-7 Sports who have analyzed this guy and followed him from camp to camp over the last three years, yes, he's the most ready freshman quarterback to come in and play right away. And that's high praise considering the likes of Arch Manning out there at Texas this spring. Dante Moore threw for nearly 10,000 yards in four years as a starter in high school. He won back-to-back state titles in his last two years, and during that time, he threw 72 pass touchdowns against only six interceptions. That's just in those last two seasons. He's drawn some comparisons to Dak Prescott, you know, the quarterback with the Dallas Cowboys, formerly the Mississippi State Bulldogs. He's a guy that's not necessarily going to break off big runs, but can pick up those tough yardage between the tackles when you need it. He's the future for UCLA, but is the future now? We'll start getting our answers in April when spring practices start up at UCLA. My fourth big burning question in the Pac-12 this spring, we go to Colorado, and that's the hottest story in all of college football, really. How big will Colorado's growing pains be this spring? We know that Deion Sanders brought his Louis Vuitton bags with them and his luggage, but 
even though they seemingly have upgraded at nearly every spot on the roster through the transfer portal and even the recruiting class on the high school recruiting trail, despite having little time to be able to build it, they have brought in some really nice pieces there. Of course, led by Travis Hunter, who's transferring over from Jackson State, the number one cornerback prospect just a year ago. And then you've got Cormani McLean, yet another top cornerback prospect this year out of the high school ranks coming aboard. And then you've got Dion's son, Shador Sanders, the quarterback who's going to start there. And then also they added some really nice other pieces from the transfer portal from elsewhere that didn't quote unquote have Dion Sanders ties. But boy, when you like to be a tie in Dion Sanders' closet, that guy knows how to get it done and everything looks great in that closet. And I'll tell you what, he's got a lot of great Louis Vuitton, great high top sneakers, The guy has got talent now at Colorado. Question is, can you win six, seven games in your first year? Because he not only went in there and is doing a renovation project, he blew up the house, demolished it, cleaned up the entire place. The only thing left there was dirt. He's had to pour the foundation once again, and now he's putting the studs in. And he's got those studs. Now can he make it look all bright and shiny and sturdy by building around it? That starts this spring. Remember, Colorado, yeah, dreadful all around last season, offensively and defensively, but especially bad defensively. Worst power five defense in allowing 7.2 yards per play. Insanely bad. But again, this is practically a brand new roster. And in the era of the transfer portal, there's two teams in the Pac-12 are going to show us right away how fast you can either turn a team around by adding more than half your roster through the portal and recruiting or how that might not be an immediate success, as a lot of us may believe. We'll see, but man, this spring is going to be fantastic to watch there. And ESPN has taken notice, of course. Colorado, the only spring game in the country that will be broadcast nationally on ESPN. That's the Dion effect. And my last burning question in the Pac-12, and listen, there's a lot of things going on in the Pac-12 that we've got to discuss, but I'm limiting this to five questions. And my fifth question is how does Arizona State rebuild? Not to say that they've taken the Colorado blueprint, but much like Colorado, they had to start from scratch. That program was hemorrhaging players the last two years under Herm Edwards. An NCAA cloud has been hanging over them. So what do you do? Will you go out and hire yourself a fiery, young, hungry coach who also calls Arizona State your alma mater, his alma mater? And that is Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator from Oregon and previously at Auburn. This guy, and also at Florida State, this guy does not sleep, it seems like, and he's always running. They've got 46 new scholarship players on campus. 46. More than half of that roster on scholarship are newcomers, either through the portal or the recruiting trail. And Kenny Dillingham, the one knock everybody's going to have on him is he's only 32 going on 33 years old. What does he really know? Well, the guy was one every single where he's been. And he's at home now. He's in the Valley. And he's brought aboard, I think, the best staff you could have hired considering the context of the situation Arizona State was in, facing and looking down the barrel of the NCAA investigation. He brought on some really amazing talent. He brought on a coaching staff that is going to be killers on the recruiting trail former high school head coaches there who have a combined 17 state championships. You don't think that's going to help them on the recruiting trail inside the state of Arizona? You got to be kidding me if you don't think that. Arizona State already seeing the fruits of that labor on the recruiting trail. What do they look like immediately this spring? Well, everybody's got eyes on the quarterback battle, of course. And boy, did they get two big guys there. 
Notre Dame, Drew Pine coming in. Eight and two as a starter last season, and he's four and one against top 25 teams. Threw 22 touchdowns against only six interceptions in 10 games. He turned Notre Dame around when they lost those early season games to Ohio State. And of course, the shocker at home against Marshall. But he's got competition. There's a lot of quarterbacks on campus, but the one you're going to hear a lot about is four-star freshman quarterback Jaden Rashada, the number six quarterback in the 24-7 sports recruiting class this season. Former Florida signee. You guys probably followed that along. He was signed with Florida, was reportedly eyeing an NIL deal. Things started falling through. He asked for a release from his national letter of intent, which is almost impossible to get granted. Florida finally granted it, and then he quickly visited Arizona State and TCU and ended up going to Arizona State, where he's got family ties previously with the program. Fascinating to watch Arizona State going into this spring. Again, so many amazing questions and battles doing all across the Pac-12 this spring. Heck, we didn't even get to talk about Oregon, which might end up actually being the favorite or maybe the dark horse favorite to win the Pac-12 this year. They've got Bo Nix coming back at quarterback. And again, this conference is loaded at quarterback this year. This is the best quarterback conference in college football this season. And if you've got elite players at quarterback, you have a chance to be in the college football playoff. And perhaps this is the year after seven seasons that the Pac-12 breaks their streak without a playoff team. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Brennan Marcello. This has been the College Football Daily. We'll see you down the road. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.